Hey, Money Multipliers. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and we ask ourselves, do our dollars make sense? So in today's episode, we're going to get into how to use your specifically engineered whole life infinite banking policy to just go fund the vacations. Maybe it's missionary trips. Maybe you want to go to Greece for some time. You want to go hit Rome or Italy. Or maybe you just want to be a Floridian like myself, where Floridians, we travel to the same state, just different cities, and we vacation down here in Florida too. (laughs) So um, anyways, we'll get into that in today's episode. Um, I'm prepping right now. I'm about to head out the door here soon. I got an event I'm going to be speaking at later tonight. So if I'm going to be in your area, I would love to see you in person. Reach out to me, or you can go to to our events calendar, themoneymultiplier.com forward slash events, and you can see where we're at all around the country. And uh, my gift to you, all right, for y'all tuning into today's episode, reach out to me too. I have a gift. It's called The Mapping Out, The Millionaire Mystery Book, and it's written by my father, Brent Kessler, and our close friend, colleague, my mentor, Chris Noggle. Reach out to me. I'll send you that ebook copy of that version if you kind of want to get into other topics around the infinite banking concept and you're a reader, you like numbers, you like charts, that's a good resource for you. All right, let's get into it. So real quick, let's just recap what the infinite banking concept is. So for my folks, if you're new to my channel or you're just going out there and exploring this concept, just high level recap. What we are using is we're taking a whole life insurance policy. Number one, it's whole life. No, it's not an IUL. No, it's not an annuity. No, it's not my brokerage account, my bank account, whatever. I'm using a whole life policy to store and warehouse my wealth. Then from the policy, I'm taking out that cash value to go and fund the things that I'm buying in life. So it doesn't matter what it is. You can use the cash value for literally anything. So we're just capitalizing our own banking system. And I'll kind of get into more of the specifics of why we're using the whole life policy versus other vehicles to do our financing through. But that's high level all it is. It's really that straightforward and that simple. I'll tell you even go back and watch my episode. I think I tied titled it The Simplicity of IBC, and I break it down. It's the KISS principle. Keep it stupid simple. So what we're doing in here today for the purchase that we want to make is we're going to use the policy to go and finance a vacation. And how we finance for these vacations in the normal sense Right, You can pay cash for the vacation, just take the money directly out of your checking or uh, savings account, go pay for the vacation. You can take out a loan, you can finance it, You know, take out a loan from a conventional bank or maybe a private lender and you're funding for that vacation. 
Or hey, maybe you're using points, right? Maybe you're a smart person and you're putting your expenses on a credit card and you're racking up some points so you're getting the flying miles, the free hotels because you're a honors member with that hotel chain or something like that. That's kind of fun. I do love doing that. So use your points and maybe that's how you're funding the vacation. Or what some folks will do is they'll take the money from their infinite banking policy to go and fund for the vacation. So just real quick, what are the big major differences of why I would use the policy versus paying cash or bank financing it? Because as Nelson Nash has always taught us, you finance every single thing that you buy. You either give up the future earning rights on the money or you pay that interest to other people. So quickly, paying cash for things, that money, and let's say it's a $10,000 vacation. That $10,000, you were saving it up somewhere. Somehow, you were setting dollars aside to hopefully in the future use this cash bucket to go buy the vacation. So you have this $10,000 in your checking or savings account, or maybe it's under your mattress or in your safe, or you dug a hole in your backyard, okay? So you got the cash somewhere. So you take out that cash. Now, that cash... If it's in your checking and savings account, it is inside of your pocket and it's earning you interest. And when you withdraw that cash out of there, you've stopped the compounding on the money and you've just handed it over to the vacation people to fund for it. So now you're at zero. You got to start saving back up for the next vacation because I know you guys like to take vacations. So that's paying cash for things. You are giving up the future earning rights because that money was in your pocket earning you interest and then you just physically withdrew it and have stopped the compounding on it. And then obviously, you know, if I take out a loan from a conventional bank, you know, that bank, they're going to charge me interest and then I'm going to pay them the interest to, to use their money. And then I got to pay them back. I have to pay them back with interest. And if I don't, they're going to come and seize whatever collateral I gave to them. So bankers are in the control in that transaction. Now, how about if I use my policy? Okay, so I have a chart here that I want to go through. So for my audio listeners, this may be a good episode to tune in to my YouTube channel. Just uh, search The Money Multiplier Podcast because I'm going to throw up a chart here up on the screen and I want to walk through it. Okay, so in this example, this individual, they are putting in $25,000 a year into their infinite banking policy. So... Rule number one, you got to capitalize somewhere and somehow. You are leaving your money somewhere. And right now, how you've been taught is you go and put it down at the local bank just because, well, that's where they keep the money. So just follow those same principles and those same habits when you are capitalizing your bank, i.e. your policy. Do not be afraid to capitalize your own banking system. So in this example here, they are doing $25,000 a year as their premium deposits. 
Okay, now 25,000, that is a number that they chose of what they want to do. So if 25,000 is too large, shave off a zero, do 2,500. If 25,000 is too easy, add a zero, do 250,000 into your policy. I don't care, you determine what you want to deposit into your policy as those premiums. Notice I use the word deposit. I like to use the word deposit because each time we make that premium deposit into the policy, now we have cash value in there that's made available to us within 30 days. So I say immediately, and that's my definition of immediately, within 30 days. So in this one, you can see that on the left-hand side, all it is is time. Year one through year 25. Then you got the age of that person. And you're probably noticing to yourself, well, Hannah, this person's only 10 years old. How are they doing 25000 a year into their policy as a 10-year-old? Well, mom and dad, they can start policies on their children. My dad started a policy on my body when I was around 10 years old. So parents can start policies on their children. And honestly, as, you, as long as you have an insurable interest on somebody, you can hold that policy on their body. Now, some of my older folks, they're probably thinking to themselves, well, Hannah, this person's 10 years old. My policy's not going to perform like this. I'm not 10 years old. I'm 70 years old. No. Age only affects the death benefit when we're talking about this concept. It does not affect the cash and the borrowing power of how we're going to use this policy to finance the things in life. I'm not going to get deeper into it on today's episode, but you can call me up and I'll walk you through deeper what I mean by that. But, you know, you'll see here like very right hand column. At, at age 10, 25000 of premium going in, it buys them 800000 in death benefit. Okay, if I'm older, maybe it's not 800000 Maybe it's only buying me 500000 in death benefit. It just makes sense. It's because we're older. But I'm not here talking about the death benefit on this policy. So we have the age of the individual. Then you have their policy premium deposit. They're putting in $25,000 a year for the first 10 years. Now, let's go to the right. You see vacation cost, end of year cash value available, and then death benefit. So year one, they put in $25,000, and immediately they have a cash value bucket of about $15,000 and some change. So what they do is they take a loan from their policy of $10,000. Now loan, Hannah, you just said the word loan. Go back and watch my other episodes where I talk about policy loan interest. Yes, we want to take out loans from the policy because then it allows our money to sit in the policy to grow and compound as if it was never even touched. So what we're doing is we're putting our policy up for collateral and we're taking a loan from the general funds of the insurance company. 
So we're using their money in the real world, which allows my money to sit in the policy to grow and compound as if it was never touched. So when we're financing things in life to take it back, we either give up the future earning rights or we pay it to somebody else. Well, now I'm solving that problem. I am the one now who's always and forever going to capitalize on this money simply just because I funneled it through the policy first. Now starts the time clock of the uninterrupted compounding that we're going to get on it. So just one more time, even though I took out that $10,000 to go buy my vacation, that $10,000 never left the policy. It still sits in there, grows and compounds at the guaranteed uninterrupted compounding. Now real quick, let's talk about why we would use a policy. You know, what are really the benefits of using it? So the benefits are, well, I'm, I got to store my money somewhere. Okay, I can either put it in the bank, I can keep it under my mattress, give it to the corner banker and they manage my money because they think they can manage it better than I can. And that's simply all of our options. So with this, I still have that full control if I were to leave it down at the bank, but with a lot more benefits in my humble opinion, because the benefits are, hey, when money gets into the policy, it's protected. Nobody can come after that money but me, myself, and I. If I get sued, I have a judgment, a lien, a lawsuit against me, Nobody can come after the money in my policy. That is a protected asset. Can they come after the money that's sitting inside of your bank account or down at your brokerage account? Absolutely. How about can I leverage the policy? Yes, I already told you that policy loans are made available within 30 days as soon as you make that premium deposit. Absolutely, you got the liquidity in there. You can take out the funds and go and leverage it. And then when I do take out the money and leverage the policy, that money never leaves that account just like how I explained and it's inside of their growing and compounding uninterrupted interest. Oh, but get this though too. It's guaranteed interest. Guaranteed interest gets credited to us inside of that policy contract. Keyword there. This is a life insurance contract. And that insurance company is contractually guaranteeing me this interest. And then, hey, if they perform as expected or better, that's when we get that extra bonus at the end of the year, that dividend payout, because we are working with a mutually owned insurance company. And when we work with mutually owned companies, we, the policy owners, we share in those profits and the dividends. So it's just an extra bonus if that company pays the dividends. And in my opinion, they will. The companies that I personally do business with, they've been paying dividends for over 124 consecutive years. So there's a pretty strong chance that they're going to keep paying out these dividends. Oh, and get this as well. All of that guaranteed growth it's tax-free. What is our largest eroder of wealth? Taxes. 
So I am now getting my money inside of an environment where it grows uninterrupted, guaranteed, tax-free for me. How about your bank account that you're earning 0.04% on right now where the banker sends you a 1099 for that 0.04%? Hmm, that's not sounding so sexy now when I put it that way. So those are just kind of high level bullet points of really why we're using these policies. And go out there, if this is your first ever episode that you're tuning in of mine, go watch the presentation. You can find it on our website, themoneymultiplier.com forward slash presentation. And we get even deeper into the weeds of the whys, the hows, the what's going on. So all I'm doing now because I'm going to go take the vacation anyways. So all I'm doing is I'm just using my policy to go out and finance the vacation. So year one, I take out the $10,000 and I go buy the vacation. I don't know where I want to go right now. So we're just going to go buy a vacation. Maybe we want to go to Greece. I don't know. That is somewhere where I want to go. I don't know if I told y'all this, but in the sixth grade, when I learned about Greek mythology, it has never left my brain. I I have always wanted to go to Greece and visit Athens and all the ancient ruins and the buildings and oh, it'd be so freaking cool to go see all that mythology out there and all the history. Um, So maybe this is me. Maybe I'm taking out 10,000 because I want to go to Greece. So I, I take that out and... Let's talk about specifics real quick, because when we do take out policy loans, policy loans do have to go to a regular bank account. That's how we get the money out. The insurance company will send it as a direct deposit or EFT to whatever account we put there on file with them. Or if you don't want direct deposit, they'll just simply send you a paper check in the mail. So that 10,000 comes out and we go and we pay the travel people. Now I come back home, the vacation was great. I got some new merchandise and I got some new experiences under my belt. Now I am gonna wanna take another vacation. So here's maybe how you should look at your policy. The policy is nothing more than just your glorified savings account. So start saving back up. Save back up inside of that policy, prepping for the next vacation that you want to go take. So now I'm just saving that money inside of the policy. And why is because of the numerous bullet points I just gave you. So right here, from year two to year three, He is only paying himself back $5,000 a year for the next two years. You'll notice that he's not even paying himself back with interest. If I'm a good coach, I want to show you that you should play honest banker in your life. Pay yourself back. Pay yourself back with interest. It's not required to do so. But if you start to respect that dollar, that money's going to flow and grow to where it's respected. So treat your money just how you treat the convention bank's money. If you don't, all you're saying is your money is not as valuable as the banker's money. And that's just simply not the truth. So he's paying himself back $5,000 a year or about like $100 a week, $400 a month or so 
every single month for the next two years. So 5,000 in year two, and then 5,000 in year three goes back into the policy as a loan repayment. Now y'all, do not be afraid to pay back your policy loans. When you pay back your policy loans, all you're doing is you're just replenishing the capital back inside of there. And when he puts back that 5,000, it's just showing up as cash available again back inside of that policy. So he puts back the, the 5,000s. You'll also notice he's not stopping the premium deposits. He is still paying himself first. So year two and year three, he's still putting in his 25,000 of his premium deposits. So let's talk about this because I'm telling y'all the three rules. Do you guys always follow them? I don't know. I'd like to think I that you do, and I hope so. But here's what you got to do. Rule number one, pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. I know you guys have heard that all the time, but when you get money in, how you make your money active, passive, birthday money from grandma, a settlement check, inheritance money, whatever, you're producing that money, and then you first, how you originally think is you go pay everybody else first and you just hope that there's some left over for you. You got to stop that and you got to start paying yourself first. So in this example, this person says, hey, I am worth 25000 a year. I'm paying myself first about $2,000 and some change each and every month because I know that's how much I'm worth. And that's how he decided his policy premium deposit. Another rule point I'll give you too, you know, I think that we should be saving at least 10% of our income. So if you're making $100,000 a year, you should be saving at least $10,000 of that money. So $10,000 a year, that's $835 a month. Are you worth $835 a month as your number one asset to yourself? I hope you think so. So you got to pay yourself first. It is just so funny that we just keep on going out there and capitalizing other people, other banking institutions, want to put money into the markets and capitalize on the corporations and our stock accounts that are out there, but we neglect ourselves. This is your life and your story you're writing for yourself, so start treating yourself like your number one asset. Or I'm about to come through this camera right there, right now and bop you upside the head. All right, sorry, I got a little passionate there. <laughs> okay, so rule number one is pay yourself first. Rule number two, treat your money how you treat the bank's money. Treat your money like it has a cost to it. Pay yourself first, now pay yourself back and pay yourself back with interest. I told you, money flows and grows to where it's respected. So when you truly treat that money in that manner, you will really start to see it capitalize and grow. Go check out, all right, you can't really see it today. Here, let's move the camera. Maybe you can see it a little bit. <laughs> Go read this book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Nelson Nash talks about this in his equipment financing examples. So go read that book and go really analyze that 
the charts in there and kind of seeing that, hey, if I just keep using this system to buy the things I was already thinking about buying in life anyways, and the more that I used it, the larger the values grew, that's exactly what we're doing. So go check out that resource. But play honest banker with yourself. Pay yourself back and pay yourself back with interest. Because if you don't, I mean, it's just getting leaked out to other people and other financial institutions. Then, I mean, finally, it's just recycling and recapturing that money. So let's keep going through this. Because you're probably thinking to yourself, Hannah, why do you keep breaking? I want to really get into this chart. Okay, sorry, my analytical's on the call. Let's keep going through it. All right, just had to readjust the camera equipment real quick. Didn't mean to move it. Oh my gosh, hold on. Side note, this is why I'm so excited to move and get myself like an actual studio where I can just leave the equipment. I'll have the room to flail my arms and even stand up if I want to, you know. I'd love to talk to y'all standing up from time to time and walk back and forth. You know, maybe I'll have a whiteboard and just like how Noggle does and start like drawing pictures and, and making my math up there too. Okay, anywho, let's get into it. So we bought the first vacation. We took out the 10 and then now we're paying ourselves back 5,000 a year over the next two years. Let's rinse and repeat. I want to go buy another $10,000 vacation. Where do I pull this $10,000 from? I pull it from the cash value that's inside of that policy. I take out the cash, go buy my vacation, give it to the airline people, go get my car rental, go buy the food. I don't know. So I go and buy the vacation again. Then what do I do? Rinse and repeat. I'm paying myself back 400 and some change each month over the next two years. So 5,000 goes back into that policy for the next two years. And then now I just paid myself back for that vacation. Y'all, I don't know if I want to go down line by line. I hope you see what's going on here. So look, now third vacation in year seven, all right, another $10,000. Where do I pull that $10,000 from? I pull it from the cash value that's inside of the policy. If I wanted to, because look right there, you got a cash value bucket of a little under 160000 And so if I wanted to, I could go take a more expensive vacation. I could go out to one of those hotels where I'm saying on the penthouse level, it's going to cost me $10,000 a night. I don't know, what are you into? So if he wanted to, he could totally take out more and fund for a larger vacation. So he takes out the 10,000 again in year seven, and then he pays himself back in year eight, 5,000 for the year, and pays himself back again, year nine, another $5,000 for the year. So let's fast forward, okay, and pause your screens. You can pause your screens and really study this here. Um, actually, this too, you can even notice the blimp on the side. Blimp, is that the right word I want to use? I don't know. So, but, but this right here, this is a policy illustration that came from the company called One America. So this is how, I mean, my tools teams, they, they create the visual tools, the cash flow analysis, the money multiplier map for you, because all it is, is they're just taking the numbers directly from that policy illustration and then putting it into a format that you can easily follow the cash flow flow of what's happening. So these aren't made up numbers. It comes directly from that policy illustration from the insurance company. 
So as the years go on, in year 11, you'll notice to yourself, well, hey, $7,500, I thought my premium was $25,000. Why does that premium drop from $25,000 down to $7,500? Well, the answer is, is because we're dropping off specific riders on this policy contract. And these specific riders... We need them in the early years because this is where our early years cash values are coming from. So just real quick, for my analyticals, let's talk about this. If you've been following me for a while, you know your base premium and your paid up addition rider premiums. That's what comes together and makes that full $25,000 a year inside of this policy contract. I want you to picture your policy like a rocket ship. You got your base of that rocket. That's your base premium. Then you got these two booster rockets that are attached onto the side. That is your paid up addition riders. With those booster rockets, the purpose of them, that's what gets the rocket ship out of the sky and out of the atmosphere. Once we are out of the atmosphere, those booster rockets, they fall off. And why do they fall off? Well, because they're just simply not needed anymore. They're not needed to keep sustaining our uh, uh, growth to our destination. And so same thing over here in the policy world. They drop off the policy just because they're simply not needed anymore to keep sustaining the cash growth. So that's why in year 10, you see that premium drops from $25,000 down to $7,500. Okay. So now in year 20, our premium drops, or excuse me, I meant to say year 11, age 20. Let's just go in, let's just do one more vacation, all right? Because up to this point in the, in the last 10 years, we have funded for four vacations now. So year 13 rolls around, I want to take out money to go fund for another $10,000 vacation, so take out the money from the policy, go out, give it to the travel agency, pay myself back and pay myself back with interest back inside the policy now. Yes, I understand in this example, they are not paying themselves back with interest, but if they did, I'll promise you the numbers are going to reflect even greater than what I'm showing you right now. But looky here at the bottom, all right, let's just see what happened over the course of those 25 years. Because from year 1 to 25, we put in a total of 363. I'm going to just round it up by 500 bucks. We put in a total of 363,000 inside of this policy. We have taken out 80,000 to fund eight vacations. So we put in 36,500 and we have funded eight vacations for ourselves. Now, I'm sitting here in year 25 with eight vacation experiences underneath my belt and a cash value bucket of $550,000. More than that, but I'm just rounding down. I have $550,000 of a cash value bucket that I can go and keep buying my vacations, buying my automobiles, paying the taxes on my money, doing whatever I please with it. And get this. 
I also have a 1.2, almost $1.3 million death benefit. Because it's not an if we die, it's a when we die. When I die, pass, and graduate, that death benefit now is going to get paid out lump sum tax-free to my beneficiary. So not only did I go out there, get my eight vacations, but I got all the money back plus some plus this death benefit. So now what I can do is I can take the cash from this policy. Maybe I'm in my retirement years now. Maybe I wanna start taking tax-free withdrawals from the policy and start living off of that for tax-free income replacement. Maybe instead of me taking out loans from the policy moving forward, let's say I hit age 65, 70, I just wanna take out withdrawals now to fund my yearly cruises for me and my spouse. I don't care what it is. So I hope you just understand the power that comes behind earning interest on the money forever and ever. I talk about it all the time and, and I'm probably y'all are sick of me talking about it, but hopefully not because that's why you're here tuning in. But this is why we use the policy because I'm not starting back at zero again. Just like how Nelson Nash describes in his book when he's talking about the headwinds, the tailwind, or just the neutral airspace. Because reminder, you know, Nelson was a pilot. And I think that follows like perfectly like with my family, just because, you know, grandpa, he was in the Air Force and then my uncle was in the Air Force and that's how my dad got the flying bug. And then now my brother, my younger brother, he's a pilot. He flies for the company called NetJet, just doing charter flights. But I, I liked that analogy just because Nelson just shows us that, hey, if I just wait, if I don't have this instant gratification and I delay that gratification, how far am I going to be at in the end? Because here's a quote by Rick Warren. Rick Warren always talks about life is like a marathon. It doesn't matter how you start. It only matters how you finish. This is the game of life. And so in Nelson's book, when he's talking about the different uh, wind Directions. You know, if he went now and there was a headwind, it would take him a long time to get there. And when we're talking about headwinds, I'm thinking about the traditional 401ks and IRAs and qualified plans that folks are putting their money into just because they're kicking the can down the street with the penalty, the taxes, and they're having their dollar lose value due to the hidden, hidden tax we called inflation. But then you got that neutral airspace, you know, you have no headwind, no tailwind. And this is kind of what I think about when we just save and pay cash for things. It's fine to pay cash for things, but you're losing out on the future opportunity costs or earning rights of that money. Because you go and take it out from your checking or savings account, you go buy the vacation, but then you're back at zero again. You're never getting ahead. But then if you just wait for that delayed gratification, the capitalization that will happen inside of the policy. Now you're creating this tailwind for yourself. You're always moving forward. It's not like you're taking one step forward, two steps back. Like when you pay cash or bank finance it or, or do other financing with whatever transaction you have going on. 
I, I hope that analogy kind of makes sense to some of y'all. I don't know, it really resonates with me and maybe it's just because of my background and how I grew up in the airspace and being around aviation enthusiasts. But with this short, simple chart here, all right? And again, pause the video, go and analyze the chart if you want to. And if you wanna have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, I am always available. Send me an email, Hannah, spell the same ways forwards and backwards, Hannah at themoneymultiplier.com. And we can have a one-on-one -on -one dialogue and we can talk about your specific questions and your specific scenario. Now, Hannah, this that you're talking to me about, you know, this is just an example that you're using. I mean, do you actually have folks who will use their policy to go and finance the vacations that they're buying? Absolutely. Here's a resource. There's actually a woman. Her name is Shauna Decker. Shauna is a part of the team. And she, she's not a mentor on the team. She is more of an admin person for Chris Noggle. So a lot of my folks may know Shauna, but Shauna actually has a policy where she puts money into it and she funds her yearly trips to Disney for her daughter. And so every single year she will use the policy money to go and buy the Disney trips. Um, Noggle, he actually has a really good resource video on this, the real life case study. So I'm going to put the link down there in the description, but he has and he walks us through exactly how Shauna uses her policy to fund for the Disney trips. And Shauna's right there in the video too. So you can see Shauna and you say hi to her as well. So, so you know, we have Shauna. She does this for her daughter and uh, going to Disneyland. I also have a gentleman. His name is Jay Andros. Jay lives over in Hawaii. He is a... um flight attendant for uh, Hawaiian Airlines. And what he does is he will take his money and he puts it into the policy and he will go and fund for the yearly or maybe bi-yearly cruises that him and his wife will do. And it's the same thing. Okay, look right back here at the chart. I just put vacation costs. Who cares if it's a cruise or a trip to Disney or an overseas trip or like I mentioned at the start of this podcast maybe you're in Florida and you live in Daytona Beach but you want to go over to Sanibel Island same thing it's just whatever that vacation cost is now we're just using the policy to finance it okay before I let y'all go let's talk about like business travel all right because I, I know some of y'all listening you guys are entrepreneurs and maybe it's not all just personal travel. So how, Hannah, are you doing this for the business travel? Because Hannah, I know you're actually about to just hop up out of the chair and go speak later on today. How are you using the policy and structuring it from business to uh, personal? And, and this one specifically, business travel versus personal travel. So I will, I will go out, so let, let's just talk about business side. I don't know if y'all can hear that, that's my kitty cat right now. What, Momo? Hold on, everyone's gotta say hi to Momo. This is my little girl, Monroe. Hi, big girl. You're meowing, you wanted my attention. <laughs> so, 
All right, that's Monroe. That's my cat. Okay, if y'all have been following me, that's the cat that I picked up about a year ago now because we're here in October. So it was October 2022. I was coming back home on a van adventure and Monroe was sitting outside of my grandparents' house. I was visiting uh, grandma and grandpa in Alabama and I looked at her and I saw her. She was climbing the tree right in front of their yard. And I said, oh my gosh, look at this little kitty cat. Little kitty cat, if you're still here in the morning by the time that I wanna go back home to Florida, I am packing you up and I'm taking you with me. <laughs> so a year later, now she's a part of the family. <laughs> so anyways, that's Monroe. So everyone say hi to Monroe. All right, but back to it though. So. If I'm gonna be using this for my business travels, what I do, I put everything on a credit card. All right, you've heard that before. I love using credit cards. I like the flying miles, the cash back, the points. So what I do is I put everything on that business credit card. And so I'll, I'll rack it up for the trip. Then when I take a loan from my policy, that loan will go directly into my business LLC checking account. Then from the business checking account, I go and I pay the credit card bill. Then money will come back to the LLC account. LLC account will pay back my policy plus interest. That's all I do. Personal side, I put everything on my personal Hannah Kessler credit card, take a loan from the policy, it goes directly into my personal checking account. From my personal account, I pay off the credit card bill, then I pay myself back, pay myself back with interest to that personal account, then from personal account back inside the policy. It's that simple. I don't want y'all to overcomplicate this stuff. You know, yes, if we have trust, get this. I'm actually to the point now where I have my trust established in my life. Well, if this is going to be a family vacation, my family trust may fund for this trip that we're about to go on. So what do I do? That family trust that has a credit card that's hooked up to it, I put everything on the credit card, pay it from the family trust, that money then goes back to the family trust, back inside my policy now. Ooh, this is getting fun and interesting. How about my business trust? I'm gonna be using this for business expenses now. Okay take the loan money out, it goes into my business trust, then from the business trust, I pay off that credit card bill, then the credit card bill, it gets paid off, from my income that comes in, I pay myself back, pay myself back into the business trust, then business trust back to the policy. I, I mean, th that's how simple it is. These, the bank account right there, I, I guess you can kind of think about it as it's nothing more than just like the holding cell for the capital that you're gonna go and take out to go directly to pay it. Because yes, I do agree, you know, there's not like a credit card or check account that's set up with the policy directly, the policy money does have to go into a bank account, then from bank account, go buy your uh, vacation item, investment, expense, whatever. So, and talk with tax professionals. All right, if you are a business owner and you got a lot of business expenses, there could be some 
ways and some tax strategies of how you can save on the taxes and get some deductions through the year for the business. Um, you know, that's why I save all of my receipts. I save all the receipts for all the business expenses and those trips that I go on. I, I'm not a tax professional. All right. Honestly, I just hand it over to my tax man. I say, here, here you go. <laughs> but, but luckily I save everything and I keep my things separate. Okay. That's very, very important. Don't commingle personal money and business money. But with this episode, I mean, I really hope I showed y'all the power of just using the policy just to buy our vacations every so often. Um, you know, yes, if you wanted to buy bigger vacations and things, I mean, he could just capitalize his policy even more. He could have, if he wanted to, take out more money from the policy than just 10000 a year to pay the vacation costs, you know? So he had the money. In my example here, I was just showing you a 10,000 vacation over the uh, last 25 years. So I hope this was helpful. If you have questions, please reach out to me. I'm always here. You have my email address. And reminder too, send me an email as well if you want to get a copy of the book Mapping Out the Millionaire Mystery from Brent Kessler and Chris Noggle. Um, but until next time, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you then. Bye everyone. Bye.